when I first got the goats, they just basically ran wild. For some reason, like if somebody drove up with a blue car, they would jump on the blue car. No other car drove in the driveway. I don't know if the blue was like the color that they were attracted to. They literally would climb on whoever's car it was. And so they like to eat all your roses. They like to eat all your plants. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have Dawn Gallup. She's at Number Nine Farms. They're on YouTube as well. Dawn Gallup of Nine Farms. She's a mom to, wow, six boys and three girls. And she's been canning produce pretty much her whole life at a farm. They have 30 acres of land where they have goats, bees, and eggs, and, you know, they they get meat from their farm, so it sounds like an amazing operation, and we're going to talk about it today. But Dawn, right. thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. If you would, tell me about what you've been doing this, I guess, for at least 30 years. What got you into doing homesteading and ranching and farming and all the stuff you do? Well, it all started, me and my husband moved to uh, North Carolina. He was originally from North Carolina, and the farm, we all moved on a farm, and it was an old house from the late 1700s. And it was very cold <laughs> and there was lots of old barns. So I started um, keeping uh, goats and chickens and pigs. And it, it just was a dream, basically, because I grew up in the city and I began starting then. And that was in 1992. But we didn't know that like what we did, we grew gar- a garden. We grew, we didn't know it was called homesteading. We didn't know any of that. We just you know, did what we could to survive. Right. I know. What are some of the lessons learned you've had from chickens and goats? And maybe let's start with the goats. Well, the goats, you make sure you have, as my husband always says, I got to put the cart before the horse. So I would not have the, the proper, like, you know, fencing, things like that. And I would get these goats and then my husband would be like, okay, now I've got to build something. So the whole theory of that is, is you've got to have, you know, somewhere for them to be some kind of building shelter of some sort first, you know, before was, you jump was in. The, uh, was the theory like, I'll get the goats and my husband will figure out what to do with them. Yeah, or what exactly. was it like in your <laughs> mind? <laughs> Secretly, yes. right? Yes. And then I like, I got the pigs one time and like, there was nowhere for these pigs to be. And I'm like, oh, I'll just cuddle them all up, Bruce. They'll be fine. And uh, that didn't go over well. (laughs) I'm sure your husband, in in his mind, he was like, here she goes again. And I get to like, my feeling just from what you said so far is that you're very spontaneous and your husband's probably more of a planner. And he, you know, he runs behind you sometimes. uh, helping to like plan after the fact of the things you jump into spontaneously. But that's just like it. Yeah, that that is so true. That's okay. I'm I'm the same way with my wife, but it's reversed. I'm the more spontaneous one and she's the planner. So it happens in a lot of relationships. Yeah, it works. I guess going back to the goats, you know, I've never kept any. So what what are you know for people that are interested in keeping them, what's the benefits and what are some of the challenges of doing so? 
Well, at first, when I first got the goats, they just basically ran wild. For some reason, like if somebody drove up with a blue car, they would jump on the blue car. No other car drove in the driveway. I don't know if the blue was like the color that they were attracted to. They literally would climb on whoever's car it was. And so they like to eat all your roses. They like to eat all your plants. So you make sure you have that structure. And once you have them in, in the you know pasture, they're perfectly fine. They come to, they, as soon as they see you, they want treats. As soon as you come in, they want to eat. And now milking, when you're first training them, you'll always want to have like the little, the, with the mom. So that way at first they kind of want to, you know, learn from mom that they're, what they're doing. So that was a challenge at first because I had some of them that weren't basically trained as so to speak. And it, it took me a while to like get them used to it. But then once, and they love corn and a lot of people like, like that's their treat. So if you would put the corn in the, the whole corn, in the little cup and they would come right in because they wanted that so, um, corn. What are goats like compared to dogs? Are they, are they smarter, stupider? Do they have different personalities? Like what, what are they like? Well, the, the goats, um, they, they're not, they are kind of like dogs in some way. I mean, I guess you could say like some of the customers I had, they would uh, put clothes on them. They would put diapers on them and they would send me pictures because I would sell some of the goats that were, you know, because I would have too many and my husband wouldn't, you know, he's like, oh, we can't keep feeding all these goats. And as far as, you know, I loved them so much that I didn't want to, you know, call them or anything. So, or right. use them for meat. I do do the chickens though and the quail. But what, so did you milk them? Like what kind of, were they just pets to you or yeah, they, you didn't want to use them for meat, but what, did you milk them or what'd you do? I did. I milked them. And and it and it's such a bond for for with milking that you just you just you have I mean I don't know it just like relaxes you just have a connection with them and when you're sitting there like milking kind of like lay your head a little against them and you're just you know enjoy the process. Now okay, some so days they were good for um they were good for milking. Did I've heard some people use them to clear brush or clear clear space you know like a lawn they they like to eat grass and things like that like what. What other uses they, have you found for the goats? Well, they do. They do. But, you know, honestly, like in the woods um, where like if I needed something cleared, if I put the chickens out there, the chickens would actually get in there and and clear, like get the, you know, the ground tilled up and things like that. The pigs will do the same thing. The goats. But, yeah, people always said you could rent them out and things like that to clear the area. But, yes, they do. Oh, interesting. Do they how how do they interact with other animals? Are they friendly to them, or are there certain ones they don't like? Or? Well, there's always the dominant one in the in the herd, so it, it just appears that way. They'll they'll like you. What you want to do when you feed them? You want to have them like each to their own little bowl, because if not, like one that's the dominant one will always attack the others, and you know basically like buck them and things like so they couldn't eat. Um, but we kept the boys separate. And of course, the girls separate. And then like if it was mating time, I would usually bring the boy or the buck to the female. And uh, but they usually could tell they were in heat because the tail would wag. The, the female's tail would wag. And of course, the, the boy would let you know. And, and, and a lot of people don't know this, but they will urinate on themselves. So the males. Why would they do that? 
they because they want you to know that they're fertile and they take and do this this kind of weird way they you move their jaw and it it's like I can't explain it but <laughs> they move their jaw <laughs> like that and and they they wet themselves all in their face and it says hey I'm fertile Wait, do the do the males pee on the females to mark them or they pee on themselves what do you mean they take and take their head and bend their head down and to to their private area and they basically urinate on the on their face Weird. because they, yeah i, I know <laughs> and we, i guess because hey, they're saying hey this i'm available before we continue I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. I know. Oh, to show it's... that oh, the females will do that, to show they're available to the males? Yes. So that's what I mean. If like if the male, the female was in heat and of course she's over there wagging her tail, he's over there spraying himself with the, his urine and doing his jaw in a, a you, he like tilts his head back and he kind of like moves his jaw out and it, and it just says, Hey, I'm ready. I'm, I'm here. A lot of people don't know that, mm. you know, because they think that the boys, you know, Oh, I can just have this boy and he won't do this, but yes, you can weather them and not have that problem. Yeah. That's really very strange behavior. Do they have other strange behaviors? Um, not really that I can think of, right? I mean, you know, all of, they have all of them have their own personality. So you, you've got ones that are more, you know, more a lot more friendly. Uh, you've got ones that want to take all the snacks, the treat, the the ones who who want to hog all the hay. Yeah, any anytime I've seen animals, it doesn't matter what kind of animal it is—fish, goats, dogs. There's always a greedy one who just wants all the food and tries to hog it all. Yes, you know, absolutely. Shy ones and stuff like that. There's always these different personality types. That's it's exactly true. Even the chickens do the same thing. Yeah, it's weird. We had we had a dog named Loki, and he was his whole life was about food, just constantly, you know. So whenever we'd see an animal that would do that, we say, "Oh, that's a Loki stingray, or that's a Loki uh, goat, or that's a Loki whatever." That's so a, that's exactly right. Yes, you are so true. Funny. That's really funny. So what's um so the goats like what what did you again you milk them but what else did they do around the homestead to help out did they just hang out and exist and eat things or did you know they provided milk or like what else did you do with them that was useful to the homestead or to you? Well, you know I would move them around sometimes and you know change rotational grazing. As far as the other than that, like I used the milk for the soap and I did cheese. So the cheese. See, I say this in the past tense because I no longer have the goat. Well, I've nothing happened. I've sold my farm and now I'm living in a new farm in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Oh, okay. So you may get them back or you may not, or what's your plan with them? 
Um, yes, it'll be, it'll, I'm almost coming on a year that I've been here. And yes, I, I do plan on, I have seven acres of field, um, open pasture up there in the uh, front of the land. Nice. So, um, so goats, you can get milk from them, which is great and make cheese and all kinds of other stuff. And then, uh, you said people would buy them. So is, was there any, uh, benefit or money in raising them and selling them? You know, do people yeah. eat them or they just keep them as pets or what do they do? Yes. Yes, they do. People do eat them. I, there was a lot of people that would uh, want them for that purpose. And then there was other ones that just bought them for, to, you know, raise on their homestead. And it, I had, um, AK, American Dairy, ABA, American Dairy Association, Oberhosley Dairy Goats. So, um, they were registered. Uh, they, they would have their ears tattooed and let's see that I, like I, I tell you, I made the soap and I was making a lot of soap and you can make caramels. I mean, you, you use your milk for everything. We, my kids drank it. We made, I made macaroni and cheese. I mean, whatever I needed milk, we had goat milk and I make the best yogurt from the goat milk that you've ever tasted. I'm telling you. That's awesome. I know. How much, um, how much would they produce? Was it like, ton, I mean, how many goats for a family? What's the ratio of goats per okay, family so, member? Like so, so one, and one goat, like I'm just going to give you one goat as an example. So one goat could have as much as a gallon. And now, and a lot of people will do, um, I only milked once a day, but you can milk twice a day. And of course, the more that you would stimulate. So production you would go out you know and stimulate and then if you if i kept doing it i could get more so it's it's like because that's what the baby would need so that would provide them with more milk so if it, it you know stimulates the more production same in people no difference it sounds like you know yes exactly so if you got twins you know or whatever it, it's it would be you would produce more milk and the, the uh, expression milking them for all they're worth came to mind but i know you wouldn't do that that's not healthy <laughs> what was that there's an expression called milking it for all it's worth but i know you yes wouldn't yes yes absolutely yes yes <laughs> yeah as my husband always says the the, the cash cow whatever so same kind of reference okay what, what kind of goats work for people to have you know in this capacity and which ones are are not recommended there's like you um there's a bunch of different dairy goats. Okay, like I honestly I can't even think of all of them right now. Nubians, Sayon, but the, yeah, there, there's there's also Kiko, which is the meat goat. A lot of people use okay. them for meat goats. But anyways, like my husband always says, any goat's a meat goat. That's funny. Yeah, even I've had goat before, and even when it's really well prepared, there's like one tiny, you know, minuscule shred of meat, and it's like eight, eight million bones. So. For me, goat's like not very, I don't know, it, it's not like chicken at all. So I can see why your husband may say every goat's a meat goat for many reasons. But even then, it's like, I don't know, goat's just, it just doesn't seem like a great thing to eat or a hard yeah, thing to eat. Yeah, I know. It, it, and like I said, we, we didn't use them for our meat purposes at all. They were strictly pets and goat milk. Okay. And you mentioned pigs. It's okay. Let's talk about them. Like what kind of pigs and, you know, all the same questions. Like what do they do, et cetera. Well, the pigs basically eat a lot. <laughs> I'm not like really the best person for the pigs, but the uh, we had the pigs for for my kids to show 
the pigs and we would all that's the only reason we had the pigs and it but with the meat oh, yes okay, okay. yeah we weren't we we did that a long time ago we haven't had pigs in a few years okay well what about chickens were you uh were you really skilled with the chickens did you do a lot with them or yes. if not what animal did you uh, work with a lot well, the, the chickens, uh, yes, I absolutely work a lot with the chickens. I've had the chickens off and on since 1992. And I immediately, when I got here for my new homestead, I was, you know, trying to get chickens ordered immediately. And I, so I could start all over, basically. But yeah, the chickens are, are absolutely, a num- as, as most people say, the gateway to the rest of the animals. So, oh, really? Why is yeah, that? Is, uh, chickens pretty easy to keep? And like, first of all, what, what kind of chickens are out there? I'm sure there's like eating chickens and egg laying chickens. And yes, yeah, so I have I have meat birds. They're usually Cornish um, cross. Those are the ones I get from uh, McMurray Hatchery every year. I've had great success with them. I have uh, I've had all kinds of different chickens over the years: Red Star, Buff Orpingtons. Wyandots, I, you, I mean, I honestly, I've had every chicken probably, and I've even what I got, what I call the barnyard chicken, the ones that you've have mated and basically you get whatever mix or breed, you know, whatever you want to call it, the barnyard chicken. Hmm, okay. So what's important to know about uh, keeping chickens? You got to have a, a house for them. Like what's, um, well, you know, are they okay with the cold or the heat or like what, what have you learned about them? Okay, so like the cold ones, when you want to get ones with a, if you're in a cold climate, is you want to have one that doesn't have a long comb because that way it doesn't get frostbit. So you want to get ones that with the shorter, you know, comb at the top. And like another thing, like I could tell you too, because I've been selling at the farmer's market off and on basically for over 10 years. And a lot of the things, people always want brown eggs. Well, the brown egg layers were mostly what they would say from the north because they mostly had the, the combs that would could take handle the cold. And then like the leghorns, which would produce the white egg, they would be more southern. So more the southern folks would um, have chickens like that, you know, could tolerate heat. So that's, a you know, one of the reasons that you would, you know, pick and choose the, the right type of bird for your homestead. Well, what do you mean the comb? Like, how would that help? Them um, the, the... the little top, the the red part at the top of the head. So the 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 little comb that's at the top. The you know the right, little red part. The, right, but that doesn't cover like most of their body. Why would that be a factor in them because, tolerating the cold or not? Because okay, so I well, me and my husband have come to the convincing that their feet can take like anything because um they really will go through any type of broken ice everything and they just stand there but they're what it does is it'll get frostbit because we get temperatures here in the negatives and you would you don't want to have it because that comb will get frostbit just like oh yeah it's just like a so it's actually like an extra appendage type thing that would be sticking off and that way it'll be hard for the the chicken's body to bring enough heat to a large comb that was hanging off of it as opposed to right Right, okay. exactly. So the hardiest part of the chicken is the feet. They're pretty much indestructible, like you said. Yes. And some of the things like they, they get like bumblefoot, 
that is like a, an infection, like, cause they're a lot of, they're walking through dirt and everything and, and say they got a little scratch on it or something. And then it turns into like a, a basically like a, a boil and for the best way for me to describe it. And basically I've, I had, you have to go in there and you have to like landslit and then um, squeeze out all the, the bad stuff, the pus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what I mean. Their feet are really indestructible. So, I mean, that only happens every now and then, like maybe twice in all these years I've had it. Okay. Okay. So that's, so you, you know, you, you, um, yeah, for people that don't know, like, like how many eggs do the egg laying hens produce and for how long? Um, one, one usually a day or like sometimes it, you can like, like research the type of breed that you have and say, um, you know, average, there's even apps too for like, you want to count the eggs that you have, but there's, um, on average a day, one a day. And then maybe the next day that hen won't lay, but then, you know, everybody else does. There, there was a time that I sold, um, I had 300 chickens and I sold eggs for basically for a living. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. What was that like? What, um, did you have different kinds of eggs to sell? Like what did people, how did they react to the eggs? What did they say to you? This was around 2014 and stuff. And there was, I had blue eggs. I'd have the green, the olive. Those were the Americanas or most people call them the Easter eggers. Uh, I would have, I would have the white eggs too. I'd have the brown and all different colors of browns. And sometimes there'd be little speckles on them and people, I would just mix them, but then you would have customers that would want the eggs to be all brown or all white or all like some of them would say, I just want blue eggs. So I would, I would let at the time I would let them, you know, pick and choose but then I got to the point where a lot of them would only pick the largest eggs. Mm, so I stopped. Yeah. I, yeah. So I had to stop doing that because not when you when you have um, farm eggs that they're never like perfect, perfect. They're beautiful right, right. in every way. But you know what I mean? If you're people used to would pick the people would pick the best ones and then the later ones might complain. Right. 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 These eggs are too small because say you have a pullet. The pullet's only going to lay an egg that's much smaller. And then usually after the multi molting process has gone through, which is usually um, say maybe the second year and the molting will come on and then they won't lay any eggs. And then you've got this little chicken running around with hardly any feathers. Oh, so the chickens only lay eggs for what, like a year and a half and then never again, or what happens? Next? No, 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 no. They can lay eggs up sometimes up to nine years, as long as you, you know, they're healthy and everything. And they've, um, but yes, they can go that long. But usually what you can tell, like from the feet, if the feet are light colored, the feet could be a, an indication that they're not no longer laying and also the comb. So if their comb is usually bright red, then usually that's an indication that they are laying. Plus their their vent would be dry if they're they're not laying. So they, they go through a period where they stop laying for how long? It usually lasts a couple of months. Usually it's in the fall. So it does it, that time of year. Anyway, the days are shorter. So the egg production drops off a lot. So that's another factor too that can help. So, I mean, and then I usually just give them a little bit extra food. They love mealyworms. They love the, the soldier flies, things like that. I just buy the big dehydrated bag at Tractor Supply. 
Oh, and they love soldier flies. Some people I heard cultivate soldier flies to eat the peanuts and the chickens, and they get yes. uh, kitchen scraps and all that. Like, what what have you found is a good mixture of things to get to a chicken? Everything. <laughs> everything honestly they say you're not supposed to they don't ever touch limes or oranges so any any citric type thing which is another thing they say don't put in your compost but they do not touch those but honestly every single thing that is edible because like i'd have customers ask me that you know what do you feed them and i would say well i do give them food scraps and, you know, some people didn't want that. They only they think that they only are supposed to be pasture raised with eating. They think they're only supposed to eat grass and they're omnivores. And that right there, they, they've got to have both. And people don't realize that when they really don't. They, it's unbelievable how some people don't know those things. Huh. What, what are some of the real healthy things to get to the chickens as opposed to not healthy? Like if you wanted to optimize their diet and egg laying, what would you give them? Um, you would, you would want to give them a lay and mash so that they, they love whole corn too, but that's another thing too. A lot of people don't want the corn in their diet, but I give, I mix in like oat, I, peas, like I'll do buy the like uh, split peas. Those are some of the things that, and I mix in the, in the winter time, you want to give them the whole corn and the, the black sunflower seed. Because that way it has provides them with a little bit of oil and helps keep them warm. Because basically what they do is they'll spread their wings. You'll see them like spread their wings. And also you might see this with the buzzard. They'll spread their wings so they can absorb heat into their body. And that way they can store the heat. Hmm, okay. What if you're going to eat your chickens? What kind of chickens should you get? When can you um, eat them? And how do you fatten them up so they're delicious? Okay, so, so there's a more protein type feed. For that, and and you'll um, it's basically meat bird is what it's 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 called meat bird, and the meat bird is what I would feed them. And you want to have like I, I we do chicken tractors. Remember how we were talking about earlier about a house or something, and we do um chicken tractors. But now this property here does have a stationary coop, but if I it was already here. So my husband and me, we we had already said that when we started the new homestead that we did not want any um, stationary, you know, chicken coop because it's best to be able to move them. That way they're on new grass every day. They're also you're providing for the land and you're providing a much healthier bird. Okay. So any other, um, I mean, egg laying and meat, is there any other interesting uses of the chickens and you know since you said their feet are very hardy are they able and and they're good at cleaning i guess various things out of a field like what what other uses do they have to help around the farm um well providing you with eggs of course providing you with meat uh they honestly they just they clean okay now the manure that is a whole nother thing as far as like um that's great to use and we could talk about some of that as far as like using it in the uh, garden for composting type thing. Oh, yeah. The chicken manure. Right. So is that pretty easy to collect? Do they produce a lot of it? And is it good for the garden? Well, I got a lot of controversy over that for my point of view, because oh, uh, okay. it, as long like say you're fill, putting straw into your coop or wherever your box is, whatever. Well, most of the straw that in, unless, you know, I'm sure there are some that is sprayed with Grazon. Okay. And Grazon 
gets into the straw, you put the straw into your coop. Then the, you use that straw to put into your garden. And then you've got your, you've got a grazon basically into your soil. And I've what's had gra- this. What's grazon? What is that? Grazon is a um, weed control. And the um, farmers, uh, the large farmers, you know, as far as like the ones that would be doing straw, they are spraying it to keep the weeds out of the straw. So and it, the grazon, it, it, it's terrible. That's all I can tell you is I've had this problem happen. This is what happened to me in my high tunnel. And the I did not know because I didn't know, you know, I was using it. And then all of a sudden my plants weren't doing well. And I was like, what what's going on? And that's when I would call out the professionals I as I call them. So do you have to use straw in the chicken coop or do you use other bedding and stuff? Um, yeah, we use the pine. You don't want to use cedar that, that can get into their nostrils and things. And that's not good for them. As far as like the pine is what I use. So the pine shavings, they're non-toxic. They're, they're clean. They're not as you just keep, you have to use a lot more. And also you can use that to like, say, insulate your beds, like, like planting your garlic. Is it uh, possible to get hay that hasn't been sprayed or is it hard to find? <sighs> it's, it's really hard. And and it's really hard. I mean, it it might not be for others, but I haven't found one yet. And and of course, they don't tell you this as a is a homesteader, or you go to pick the hay up. You don't think of hey, this this hay might have something toxic. Not hay, but straw might be toxic because there is a difference between hay and straw. Oh, what's the difference? Well, the the hay is for eating, and the straw is for bedding. Is always what I say. And you, the hay is usually green or at least had a green tinge to it. And it seems to be a little finer. Can you make your own hay or own straw? How would, or own straw, I guess. How would you do it? You could. You could, you know, just you'd have to plant it, go from there. It would be a process. And, and a lot well, maybe of. Maybe like some people do compost. Maybe it's worthwhile to do straw. I don't know. If you have a lot of chicken. Yeah, it, I'm sure it is. Yeah, definitely. I, I did that. That's what I did for years. And so what I would do from the coop that I had, I would move the, the straw from the inside and then I would move it outside because I had like a um, run in the front and this and then see, I would let them out of the run. But I still that was kind of like their little their their resting area. I guess you would say they go in there and do their baths, their um, dirt baths, dust bath. Oh, really? Oh, the chickens would want to take a dust bath? Yes. That like helps a chinchilla? Keep... Like a chinchilla, yes. Exactly. Huh. So what do you do? You have like a, a box with a certain kind of dust or dirt in it, and they like to go in there and roll around? Oh, well, most of the time you can do that. Like that's what, what I call the Instagram chickens because like they've got this perfect little life, and it's it's really not like that. That's It's not like that with this beautiful little coop and it because it's going to get dirty really fast i had i had there was times i did curtains and stuff like that just because it was cute because i wanted that instagram chicken yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't work <laughs> so what what are some of the challenges with keeping chickens well they they don't have any i guess you want to say they don't care where they poop so if that if you have them where they're just running around they will tear eat up all your grass so the, the part will turn from basically beautiful green or whatever, even if it's weeds, they'll, it'll be to dirt. 
Those are some of the things that challenges. Oh, but can you put them in an area for one day? Will they like strip it bare in one day? Or what if you yes, graze the meat them bird. in different areas? Yes. you they If you have like a, a large area and you can move them about, yes, they, 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 it won't get as damaged. But in one day, meat birds, it's depending on how many is in the chicken tractor, if they, they can destroy um, the grass in one day. Oh, wow. In that, okay. in that little trick, in that little chicken tractor, say whatever size it is, you know, by 10. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. The size, whatever what's size. A, what's a chicken tractor? Well, the chicken tractor is a, a mobile um, unit, basically, that some people have like chick shawls, um, I think different names for them. But this basically, you have a structure that is enclosed. And then you move it each day onto a new piece of uh, grass. And you literally can tell after it's done, it's almost like a train track. If green, beautiful grass after they're done, like, you know, like a couple of days later the, you'll, where you can see the green grass starting to come back. So it fertilizes beautiful. Are they, are, they a, good for, uh, are they good for getting weeds, rid of weeds then? Like how else could they be used to help out? Yeah, they, they get rid of weeds. Absolutely. They they definitely will clean a spot up. Like I told you about the woods. I mean, they will go in there and that that the old leaves, everything will be tilled up, turned up. They're amazing. Huh. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, any other uh difficulties in raising them? I heard like every every creature wants to eat them. So you gotta watch out for Oh, you know? yes, yes. So so that's and another what? thing. So hawks. Is, a, is another thing. Eagles, they say even eagles will do that. I have not had a problem with the eagles. I've only had issues with hawks. And usually they come on days when it's cloudy. And that's because they, that way you cannot see the reflection. The, the hawk, the, because usually if the rooster's out, which is a benefit of having a rooster, because they do protect. And that, that's the, the rooster will warn the hens. And they will run to to a safe place. <laughs> yeah, they do. How does so this, the rooster? How does the rooster see the the hawk? I guess he because he's always watching after. As my husband says, he's watching after his girls. So yeah. uh, he's keeping an eye out for them. And and what the what the rooster like he does is he comes in and he's scratching and stuff, thinking because like he even when I. Not all of them, but like you'll have maybe one or two that'll be kind of funny. And a lot of people don't have roosters together, but I've never had no trouble with the roosters. Like I have always had plenty of roosters. And so like he comes in and he's like pecking the ground and he's really not eating anything. He's kind of like warning you, hey, don't mess with my girls. So oh, they yes. become very possessive over like how many? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're very protective. Hey, do the yeah. rooster do the roosters set up like harems where they have X number of hens that are theirs? Yeah, yeah, basically they do. So like if you say I have like seven um roosters, so this rooster might have three hens with him, and they they travel about on the property, and basically they've got a few, you know, like he, this one might have three or four. It is so true. Yeah. It's pretty. Huh. It's they, pretty cool, they, isn't it? Yeah. Do they call in the morning? You know, like oh yes, and and that's that's the thing too. A lot of people think they only do it like when the sun comes up at two o'clock in the morning. You can hear that 
It doesn't matter the time. Oh, do they do it like all night long or when do they do no, it? No, not all night long, but they will do it sometimes at random times. And one time when my mom was here, she said she's I, I had sent her a picture of the, the, the rooster. And when I sent her a picture, she says, I hope I hope he's gone when I come back because she said he caught he called all night. <laughs> oh, no. How come that people think that they just call in the morning then? I guess because when we were kids, if you think about it, um, we saw Looney Tunes and the the rooster always crowed it when the sun was coming up. Hmm. Weird. Interesting. Yeah. So what do you do with the rooster? I mean, the rooster's are good to protect the hens and all that. So how do they see hawks? Do they, I don't know, well, they just look, look up and look around? They're always surveilling? Well, I don't actually see them, like, looking up, but I don't know if it's because, like, they're most of the time when they're they're out and about, he's just kind of, like, looking on, you know, like he's watching the girls as they're pecking. And then I guess he sees them. I, I don't know, but I have been out there, and I've, I've, I've been out there and literally came at the hawk myself not like attacked it or anything but i i was trying to save one of my bantams and he had already pecked her eyes out before it was uh, too late yeah so, so that's what hawks do they, they they kill them and then take them away or do they just are they strong um, enough to just lift them away and fly away with them no i didn't see that that happen but most of the time like a possum usually is the heads cut off and the this i mean sometimes you don't see the predator opossums raccoons those are some of the things i've even had a fox one day right in broad daylight run into my um coop oh jeez and and i've had yeah. snakes too i've had plenty of snakes and the snakes they i've even had them where they're curled up eating the eggs just oh and, and i and i had my husband like one of them was a black snake but a lot of times in in the south that the copperheads I guess everyone wants to eat chickens. Everybody, yeah. or their eggs, or their eggs. Huh. Okay, well, very good. You know, thanks for telling me about all these uh, these things. I don't really know much about them, but um, for people that want to find out more about your, you know, your your activities, should they go to your YouTube channel, or where can people find out more about you? Yeah, on my YouTube channel, I'm Don Gallup at Number Nine Farms. Okay, and Gallup is G A L L O P or U P. O P. I always say oh, like a horse um, galloping. Yes, that's what I say. Gallop like a horse. <laughs> okay, not gallop like the pole that they take every year. No, no. <laughs> okay. Well, very cool. Well, yeah, no, it's been great to talk to you and, and thank you for all your, your wisdom, you know, your actual hands on yeah. wisdom with all these creatures. Yeah, I'm, I, you didn't want to talk about greenhouses? If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.